Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Jennifer and her sister chose MBK Senior Living for Mom, and as tough as it was, it was the right decision. MBK has a culture of genuine care, one that puts the needs of residents and their families first. They achieve this by building on a solid infrastructure of warm, inviting living spaces and impeccable amenities in attractive, desirable locations. Then their commitment to providing relationship-based care and their attention to each individual sets them apart. MBK gives back to their community, which is especially meaningful to our family. Their commitment every day is to practice compassion and to pay attention to residents' needs so that they can be nimble enough to adjust care accordingly. Their core motivation is, let our family help your family. And I can tell you that for our family, that goal is achieved. Mom seems happy, she has friends, and it's certainly a much better situation for her than living with us. At an MBK Senior Living Community, their motto is, we are all family and here is home. For more information, go to their website, mbkseniorliving.com, or give them a call at 949 949- Two four two one four zero zero. Welcome back to another episode of Fading Memories. We have one week left till Christmas. It's insane, I know, but I don't want you to lose your mind because today I'm bringing you caregiver survival tips for the holidays. The holiday season can be especially challenging time for families living with someone with Alzheimer's or dementia. Many people are looking forward to spending time with family and friends, and these tips are here to help you do the same. I've curated the best of what I found online with my experiences with my mom. In the early stages, a person with Alzheimer's may experience minor changes. Some may be less comfortable socializing because the disease makes it a challenge. Others may be thrilled with visits from family and friends like previous holidays. The key is to check in with each other and discuss options. A simple, how are you doing, or how are you coping with everything, may be greatly appreciated. Plan holiday celebrations that focus on the things that bring them happiness. Let go of activities that are overwhelming or stressful, because they're not going to be any fun if you do that anyway. For people in the middle stages, consider readjusting holiday plans. I know my dad did his best to mimic how my mom went about the holidays. He'd buy gifts online, make a note with our names and a photo of the gift they bought, and this helped my mom visually, but I think she always felt she hadn't done what she needed to do. Looking back, I think I might have been it might have been better to take her shopping and allow her to feel the experience. She used to do separate shopping trips for each person on the Christmas list. Drove my dad bananas. So her memories of many trips to the mall were pretty deeply embedded. Perhaps even a short shopping trip with the same photo notes he had made might have helped bridge the gap for her. It's easy to see that in hindsight, of course. At the time, what he did made perfect sense to all of us. So, the first thing you should do is prepare family and friends. Preparing family and friends with an honest update of the person's changes in behavior and memory can help avoid unpleasant situations. The holidays are full of emotions, and we don't want to add negative ones into what should be a happy time. If your loved one is in the early stages of the disease, others may not notice any changes, 
However, the person with dementia may have trouble keeping up with conversations, repeat themselves, or simply just keep quiet. Family can help with communication by being patient, not interrupting or correcting, and giving them time to finish their thought. Remind family and friends that talking to the person living with dementia will take extra patience and time. The goal is to maintain a positive and upbeat mood. The best way to accomplish this is by not arguing, correcting, or asking if they remember. Don't try to force memories that may no longer be there. You will just frustrate yourself and them. For family or friends you haven't seen in quite a while, it may be easier to send an email detailing the status of your loved one. It also erases the need to make these statements over and over to each new group. That's stressful in itself. One email wording I found is simple and to the point. Quote, I'm writing to let you know how things are going at our house. While we're looking forward to your visit, we thought it might be helpful if you understood our current situation before you arrive. End quote. If possible, include, excuse me, enclose a photo so they're not shocked by any physical changes. It's also not unfair to your loved one to let others know they may or may not be remembered. Letting visitors know what to expect ahead of time will hopefully allow everyone to avoid awkward situations. Number two, practice redirection. When your loved one gets in that frustrating loop of repeating the same question or story, some redirection may help everyone. Share these redirection tips with guests. The first step is to actually determine if there's a reason for the behavior. This applies more to a behavioral change like aggression or combativeness. Thankfully, I've never had to deal with these types of behaviors with mom, but if you do, here's how you could handle it. Is your loved one upset, bored, or are they physically uncomfortable? Asking questions like, can I get you something to eat? Do you need to use the bathroom? Or is there something I can help you find? might help gather necessary information. Be happy and upbeat and try using a bridge statement to move them on to a new subject. I actually learned something new doing this research, which is really exciting for me. A bridge statement acknowledges what they're saying, then bridges them to something new. For example, my mom tells the same story over and over, and it's worse at my house. The story's changed a bit over the years, but it goes like this. Either when my parents were first married or mom was expecting me, my dad's mom, Nana, who I've talked about, though she's the one that's almost 101, made the statement, quote, well, now that you're getting married, slash having a baby, you'll be getting rid of the dogs, right? So 52 or more years later, mom still remembers that story. Whenever she sees my dogs, which is hard not to since I have three golden retrievers, she launches right into that story again and again. And trust me, when Nana's with us, it's pretty embarrassing. Sometimes I have success in deflecting the story, but not usually at my house. By using a bridge statement like, oh, I like that story, that reminds me of, insert any other dog story here, I'm, you know, it's, I might be able to deflect or redirect the story. I'm definitely going to try that out. Other bridge statements could be, I'd be upset about that too. Or, remember when you told me? Or, I know you'd like to go home. Let's have dinner first and then we'll go home after the traffic dies down. 
I'm going to suggest that to a caregiver friend whose mom sometimes remembers she's not living in her home and gets quite persistent to go home. You can hear that story in episode 11. It's called My Mom Marge. It's also important to prepare the loved one for visitors so they're not surprised or overwhelmed. This may have to be repeated depending on their level of memory retention, so don't start too early or you'll frustrate yourself. Preparing your loved one should allow both of you to enjoy the joy of the season. Show them photos of who will be visiting before they arrive. It may help jog their memory. Now that you have everyone prepared, let me go over some of the basic tips first. Maintain routines. The holiday season is challenging time to maintain your normal routine. Parties go late, more people visit, and there are more tasks to complete. Doing your best to keep everyone on a similar routine will help keep holiday activities from causing too many disruptions. Many people with dementia function better earlier in the day, so plan hectic events for their best time of day. Maybe a Christmas brunch instead of a large Christmas Eve dinner. You can do more restful activities like opening gifts later in the afternoon. For someone like my mom, who is in the later stages of her disease, small, earlier-in-the-day activities work best. I'm considering breakfast on Christmas Eve with gifts afterwards. This will allow me plenty of time to prepare the dinner my daughter and I have planned for Christmas Eve. I'm not just sure where breakfast should take place right now. Number two, involve your loved one in activities. Invite your loved one to participate in activities. Play everyone's favorite holiday songs and ask them to help bake cookies or decorate the tree. I've done this with my mom in years past, and it was a nice way to continue past traditions. Unfortunately, her memory is so bad now that it's more trouble than benefit. That leads me into my next tip. Adjust expectations and traditions. We may wish for the old family traditions to continue, but they change over time as our families change. Caring for someone with dementia means we have to adjust our expectations of what they can do and how our holiday will look. It helps to involve everyone in the holiday activities, including the individual with dementia. Consider taking a walk or a drive to look at Christmas lights. You could ice cookies, tell stories, do chores together, make a memory book, or a family tree. To encourage conversation, place magazines, scrapbooks, and photo albums within reach. Play music to prompt dancing or other forms of exercise. The most important tip is to be as flexible as possible and accept that no holiday will ever be perfect. Maintain a safe environment. People with Alzheimer's frequently have changes in judgment. Sometimes they may become confused, frustrated, or wander. To avoid some of this, consider pairing up various family members with the loved one to watch out for the person. They can do things to entertain them or ensure their comfort while also giving you a much-needed break. If you are in a different home, it could become necessary to limit access to areas where injuries could occur. A buddy could prevent them from hanging out in the kitchen or near the stairs. Be sure to keep emergency phone numbers and a list of medications handy. Now, practice smart gift giving. I did a whole episode on gift giving ideas two weeks ago, so I'll just highlight a couple of tips here. Encourage family and friends to give useful, practical gifts. 
why not have them listen to the gift giving podcast episode? Give you some break from them. One gift I didn't mention could be an ID bracelet. I'm sure there are pretty ones available these days. Other gifts may include comfortable, easy on clothing. I'm going to have an episode on adaptive clothing next week, so stay tuned for that one. Advise others not to give gifts that could be dangerous like candles, tools, or instruments. Also, overly challenging gifts like electronic equipment, difficult board games, or a pet should definitely be ruled out. Please no pets. You could go back and listen to Misty Tales if you'd like to understand that one better. Make sure to put respite care on your gift list. You need it and you deserve time off. Don't let them skate on that one. Less stuff and more meaning. If the stress of caregiving during the holidays is giving you a case of bah humbug, take a step back. What can you cut out so that you can enjoy the holidays with your family? It's not supposed to be a time of give, 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 and go, go, go. It's a time for togetherness, maybe even some reflection. Do your best to make memories that you will cherish and to give your loved one the best holiday that they can enjoy. If that means keeping things simple, that's totally fine. Small confession on keeping things simple. In the past 11 years, I have had two nine-foot pre-lit Christmas trees. Both died well before I think was reasonable for the cost. When the second one died last year, the day before a party, I had to scramble to come up with an alternative. Since I'm also a professional portrait photographer, I happen to have three four-foot trees decorated and ready to use. I have 10-foot ceilings, so I used boxes and whatnot to elevate the trees. My hubby liked that they were super easy to decorate and suggested we not replace the giant tree. Well, I did replace one of the smaller trees with a 7-foot pencil tree, and I absolutely love it. Truth be told, the nine-foot tree was exhausting to decorate. So, sometimes simplifying is not that bad. One of the things that I like to do with mom is go and look at Christmas lights, but I think I'm going to give that tradition a new twist this year. Since most city parks have decorated trees we can visit during the day, I thought it'd be nice to give that a try. Having her out in the evening is more challenging since she frequently gets confused. Now... On to the less obvious and possibly more important tips. Practice self-care. During this busy time of year, it's easy to let our own needs slip. This is obvious when I go to the gym and each class gets smaller as the month progresses. It's important that we maintain our own routine and make time for things like exercise and support group attendance. I'm bringing you this a little late for this Next tip, but it's a good one regardless. Make time for healthy meal prep. Maybe this can be a challenge you take on in the new year. Spend one afternoon, maybe with your loved one, prepping meals for the coming week. I know that having my pre-planned, ready-to-prepare blue apron meals makes life a lot easier in my household. And there's just two of us, so think about meal prep. It's really worth it. This also may be a good time to start journaling or keeping an online blog. You'll probably appreciate the memories you record. I know I feel that way by producing this podcast. Make time to take walks with a friend and talk things out with them. Friends can be great therapists and they're free too. 
Lastly, if you're not already in one, consider joining a support group. I joined mine in November of 2017, and I haven't missed a meeting yet. There are times when I need advice and times when I can give it, so it's a worthy 90 minutes once a month. Mine is sponsored by the Alzheimer's Association, and that's where I'd look first. Another quick tip, if you need advice 24-7, the Alzheimer's Association's website has an 800 number, or it's 866, I can't remember off the top of my head. Somebody staffs that 24-7, so if you have an emergency, you need somebody to talk you off the ledge, please give them a call. Do not let the holidays or any caregiving stress you to the point where you are contemplating terrible things. Give them a call. They will definitely help you. Designate a quiet room. Having family and friends over gets noisy and confusing. Consider having a designated room where your loved one, or anyone who needs a break, can go to escape for a bit. This is a good idea for someone with toddlers, too. Personally, sometimes I like to sneak to another room of my house for a five-minute breather. Avoid crowded and noisy places. Having a quiet room in your home is great, but if you're out and about, that's not an option. Loud noises can be startling and cause negative behavior in your loved one. If you must go out, try and find times that are less crazy than others. Also, going to noisier places earlier in the day might be easier on the person with dementia than later in the day, especially if they suffer from sundowners. My mom complains constantly if we're in a noisy and dark restaurant, so we don't go to those. I have found that she's fine in a coffee shop, even if it's noisy, if we go during the day and the light is brighter. When you understand why this is, it's a lot easier to make that adjustment. Definitely give yourself permission to say no. None of us is obligated to attend every event of the season, and we're certainly not obligated to host an event in our home. Each commitment we agree to means we are also saying no to something else. Prioritizing self-care, relaxation, and time with our loved one is not socially unacceptable. It's perfectly fine. Choose the events that will give your holiday meaning and let the rest of it go. Take a break. Take advantage of visiting relatives to give yourself a break from caregiving. Ask each family member what they are comfortable doing and have them handle that task. Even if it's for a short period of time, take advantage of their presence. Go for a walk, take a nap, have a bubble bath, or take yourself to a movie. You've earned a break. If you have family members who are better at handling less hands-on tasks like phone calls, reading healthcare paperwork, etc., see if they can take on these tasks permanently. They may be in more of a giving mood and they can help you divide and conquer. I know I don't handle reading the health insurance paperwork at all. It's confusing, and I'm not a stupid person. I let my husband do that. I'm the one that deals with mom most of the time, so it works. If I had to read that paperwork and deal with my mom, no thanks. Now, hopefully, you don't have to travel to see family. Hopefully, they're coming to see you. But if you have to travel, travel wisely. If traveling with your loved one is unavoidable, help make the trip successful by using familiar modes of transportation and avoiding peak travel times. Keep plans simple and maintain daily routines as much as possible. 
allow for extra time to avoid the stress of rushing. I also find the more you try to rush, the slower they move. Make sure you arrange for any necessary services ahead of time like wheelchairs or daily living aids. This is also a place where family members can be useful handling these arrangements for you. Might also help ease them into handling other things from a distance for you, so keep that in mind. If your loved one is in a care facility, is the last tip. It's still Christmas time even if they aren't aware of it. I know my mom isn't aware of the upcoming holiday, even though her residence is decorated very nicely with several trees and lots of decorations all over. Some ways to share the spirit with care home residents would be by joining them in the community celebrations. My mom's community is having two events, one in the afternoon and another one on a Saturday morning. I'll go to the weekday afternoon one, which allows my sister and her kids to do the Saturday morning event. Spreading the cheer! If you visit regularly, like I do, consider bringing a favorite holiday food to share. I know most of the residents where mom lives absolutely love chocolate, so I'll be bringing some chocolate baked goods. While sharing the treats, guide them in singing holiday songs, or if you're like me and can't carry a tune with a handle, then maybe reading a holiday story is a good option. By doing any of these things, you'll bring joy to many folks who need it, and the care staff is going to love you. Double win! (laughs) I don't know about you, but all these tips have worn me out. Remember, you can get all the tips in the show notes, so I hope you haven't stressed yourself trying to write them down. I will have one more episode before Christmas. Instead of releasing it on Tuesday, which is actually Christmas Day, I'll be releasing it the Sunday before. I want to wish you the best holiday season possible, and please remember, make as many many memories as possible. Again, another easy statement for me to say. And take photographs, because someday that might be all you have left to remember. And I'm sure I've said this before, but after my dad died, I realized that if I didn't continue to take photographs of my mom, that she would have essentially disappeared in the family photo history, And I take pictures of her. You guys have seen them on the website and on my social media. And I'm going to work on taking more nicer ones of her because she's still pretty cooperative about that. That's one of my goals for 2019. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, even though it's past. Thank you again for tuning in to Fading Memories. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next week. Are you looking for a way to connect with your loved one? Maybe an activity you can do together instead of sitting around answering the same questions over and over again? Have you checked out Two Lap Books yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on something that I am certain you and your loved ones will thoroughly enjoy. Two Lap Books have changed many of the visits I've had with mom tremendously. These simple read aloud books were created specifically for memory challenged adults. You see, people living with Alzheimer's eventually lose their ability to initiate conversation with others. Because of this, these uniquely adapted books, quote, give voice to these loved ones. By using the book's large, simple text and beautiful, colorful illustrations, we can initiate conversations. Most noteworthy, we can make meaningful connections with our loved ones and help stimulate their mind. Caregivers will enjoy sharing these books and creating purposeful, interactive activities 
for engaging people with memory deficits. Reading these books together could very likely bring out memories you can cherish together. There's a link in the show notes to the My Favorite Things page on my website. The page is linked to the Amazon pages of all my favorite books and products that have helped me with my mom over the years. Definitely check it out. I'm certain you'll find something that will help you like they helped me. That's why I created this page for you. Hey listeners, can you do me a big favor? Can you click on the five star button right there on your phone? Or head over to Apple iTunes and leave a rating or review? This is how new people find my podcast, and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. Thanks so much.